that's when you have to talk to someone like us, like looking at the keywords and coming up with a keyword plan for high volume, low and mid competition keywords that you can attack that will actually have people with intent coming towards you. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast today. It's Joel and Andy and we're talking about why websites are not dead. Something feels different. Is it you've got new trainers on? It's no, not... something to the coffee table and the chairs. The chairs angled before. Oh yeah, we were angling for a yeah, bit. Yeah, why was we? that? People could see us clearer. Maybe maybe viewer feedback has said. Get their ugly mugs yeah, off, royalty, off the YouTube. Royalty less of them. Brutal. So we're talking about websites again. And my new trainers. And your new Thanks trainers. Thanks them. Um, yes, we got quite a lot of feedback. And your new um, haircut. Anything else? Every, what else is new? Pants. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. 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 Just cheap, cheap Amazon pair. Um, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about websites, why most websites are shit, I think it was called. Mm. And we got quite a lot of feedback. Um, and people seem to be surprised that websites are still important in this day of Okay, yeah. Instagram and Facebook and stuff. So hence hence we thought we'd share some information about websites, why they are still important in this social media age. Yeah, and I think it's it's a frustration for a lot of people starting in business, a lot of people growing their business, because building a website is so far removed from their usual skill set normally. Mm-hmm. So we've all I won't say fallen into the trap, but we've all done the whole like, oh, can I do this myself? thing it might not be websites but like oh it can't be that hard to figure out and then got onto you know one of the popular do-it-yourself platforms and ended up in a bit of a pickle or with a website that doesn't do anything or maybe like expectations were a bit off so you thought oh build it and they will come type attitude that like i've got a website so now my business is ready to rock and it's like well if you build i've said this on the podcast before but you build a shop in the middle of a field and it's not connected to any roads, and there's no footfall, and mm-hmm. no one's coming in that shop. And that's or, you build, website. or you build your own website, and it actually looks really good, but then you realise it's taking you fucking 400 hours or something, so, well, actually, what's your time worth per hour? Surprise, surprise, it actually would have cost you less yeah. if you gone to a web designer. It's really fascinating when you meet business owners what their time per hour attitude is as well. Like That's a key thing when you... You know, we've talked on the podcast about £10 tasks, £100 tasks, £1,000 tasks. But let's say you're a plumber and when you were a self-employed plumber, your charge-out rate was 40 quid an hour. I mean, I don't know how accurate that is, probably more now. But when you start a plumbing company and you've got five men and women going out at your charge-out rate, your personal charge-out rate is no longer £40 an hour. You've become more valuable to the company. Mm -hmm. And you've got to think about that when you decide to do your own books or build your own website or run errands. And, like, I'm not saying it's wrong. You might say, well, actually, considering I'm I'm quite tech-savvy, it's going to take me 10 hours to build a basic website and... Roughly, I'm worth 150 quid an hour to the company, so that's 1500 quid well spent because it would have cost me three grand to go to an agency or whatever. Yeah, fine, I'm okay with that if that's what you want to do. Chances are that isn't how it will stack up, and eight hours in, it's still not doing what you want it to do, and you end up in a pickle. Or 10 hours in, you think it's brilliant until you try and launch it 
and then it appears nowhere. And so... Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, according to HubSpot, 97% of consumers check out a business's website as part of the buying decision. So it is worth basically having. I'm not saying every business needs to... I mean, you know, I'm sure there are tons of plumbers, to use your analogy, plumbers, various tradespeople, who are inundated with work. They don't want to grow anymore. They're happy financially where they are. They don't have a website, so they figure, well, I don't need one then. So, so of course, that's fine. But generally speaking, most bene- most businesses will benefit from having a website because social media on its own usually isn't enough to cut the muscle. That yeah. might be where someone first sees you on social media and you do some cool posts. Okay, that's great. But again, chances are at some point before they make the decision whether or not to inquire through you, they will go and check out yeah. your website. I think any business looking for growth needs some form of website presence and and it could be that that's a place where you have case studies it could be a, that's a place where you explain your services in more detail it could be videos that uh introduce the members of your team so like the 101 different purposes for it but normally it will be about reassuring the buyer and um you know i've talked about this before as well the marketing game is a trust game and people come to your website to build trust and and sort of know, like, and trust with your business. And they are also looking for that social proof that they're making a good decision. And equally, you also want your website to turn away the people that won't be a good fit for your business. And that's not always easy with social media because people view social media through a social media lens. So, for example, I might watch memes of a baby laughing his head off that has no relevance to a buy-in decision that i would make so my social media lens is different to my website view i don't go on meme websites looking for babies laughing their head off it's a different thing so someone who says something dramatic on social media for attention to get you to click to their website then might not yeah look like that yeah when you come to make the purchase decision and a website doesn't it doesn't have to be massive and complicated. Some some companies do have a lot of information to share, but we build websites for some businesses and it's essentially a one-pager. Yeah. Because they know what they want their website to do, which is a fucking good start. Because a lot of people, they want a website that looks cool, but they don't think about what they actually want it to do for them. So for someone to say, I want people to download my free ebook. Okay, great. We'll landing do a page. one-pager yeah, landing yeah. page and we'll you know forward your website domain to this landing page, Bob's your uncle. Um, but other people, they do want, um, they have a number of services, for example, so they do need a bigger website. Um, but knowing what you expect from the website is crucial. Yeah. Because getting loads of visitors is cool. And like I say, assurance, people have, if they don't take action, they've got to leave with assurance. They've got to be more likely to inquire than before. Yeah. Because some some websites are so shocking, they're actually doing you harm. They're people You're making people less likely to get in touch with you. Yeah, and it's like knowing your your plan. So if you're going to build a website and the reason you're building the website is because you want inquiries, well, what are you going to do in the 12 months that it takes from your website launch for it to then rank effectively on Google? It might not be 12 months, but for the sake of Won't the be the next day. Yeah. What are you going to do to get customers in the interim? So a lot of the people that come to us for a one-page website are already driving inquiries one way or another so they're very comfortable with paying 
to drive people towards that one page to then get a lead and they understand their cost per lead and time to acquisition and all these mm-hmm. various things where maybe someone that comes to us and asks for a 10 page website is hoping the website will do all the heavy lifting and it won't so you you've got to have like all bases covered yeah. and i think that realistic plan is something that a lot of people miss like they start up a business and they're like right what do i need a business card a website my van signage and a uniform or, or whatever it might be and then oh the bank's giving me some free bookkeeping software and I'm away at the races. But it's like, what outcome do you want? Think about the outcome first and then reverse engineer from there. So it's, I need leads because the more leads I get, the more conversations I have and the more conversations I have, the more sales I make. Great. Start off with a one-pager. Use some of the, use some of the budget that you've saved from not building a 10-pager to drive, yeah. drive people to it. I need to inform my audience because I, I, I don't know, it could be a surgeon, a private surgeon. I need to showcase my knowledge and build trust. And there needs to be videos and there needs to be PDF downloads and there needs to be case studies. Right, okay, well, you probably need a more in-depth website, but your time to acquisition is a lot longer. So you've actually got the time to wait because you because the margins are different and, and everything else. And I, and I don't think many businesses think like that you know I've, I've met businesses that have gone um let's say they do bathroom installations and the website gets turned on on monday and on tuesday they're asking why they haven't had anybody ask for a quote and it was just not how it works yeah well like you say it's that hotel in the middle of a field isn't it? like a shop in the middle of a field you need signposts to point people there and, and you know seo massive part of what we do but it's 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 a long game and you know, naively, when we started up donkeys years ago, we turn on a new website, and the client would be like, "The next morning, why not? Why isn't it on page one?" And that was obviously our fault for yeah. not educating them how it works. And it will take a lot longer than one day. But what other signposts can you have? Obviously, like digital ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever it might be, to drive footfall yeah. there. But then to make sure the footfall you have driven isn't just going to be another vanity metric. You've got all these visitors that that's that's great. What are you going to do with them? What are you going to do with them if they don't get in touch? What are you going to do to offer value so they're happy to give you their contact yeah. details in exchange for something? Then you're the one in the driving seat. So there's lots of things you can do with the website, as we sort of explained last time round. But it's just that I wouldn't say they're becoming more important, but people are taking longer to decide where to spend their money because yeah. you're getting bombarded by so much shit. So when they are deciding who to use or not, that's when your website's really going to come into effect. So I'd, like my personal sort of opinion on this is that in during lockdown, we, we were also a whole lot more digital advertising than we've ever been served before. And a lot of people, in a weird sense, were saving money as well because they couldn't go out, they couldn't mm-hmm. go anywhere, but maybe they were still working from home, receiving their salary or, or whatever it might be. And so people were making quite rash purchase decisions where, you you know, I think the latest is Timu. People are buying random bits and bobs off Timu. But there was all sorts of stuff like that through lockdown. Bloody, I mean, the ones me and you have gone through, T-shirt subscriptions, deodorant subscriptions, shaving subscriptions, all these things just cropping up out of nowhere. And people were going, well, yeah, I've got a spare 50 quid. I'll have a bit yeah. of that. Then we came out of lockdown and everyone was so bored from being locked down that there was a 
a sort of spending explosion as well, where it's like, and people talk about this after the Second World War, that people, when they were let out, they didn't necessarily have money, but they acted like they did because yeah. they'd been so bored. Well, we're on the other side of that now, and everyone's realising that they need to be considered in their purchasing again. And, like, you get these people who, like, they'll say, right, well, I've seen that deodorant, and I've seen that deodorant, and I'm also concerned about the environment, so I need to go look at the credentials. Mm -hmm. And you start to realise as a marketing company that people are maybe going from making a purchase decision in 10 minutes to 10 hours on something that costs 20 quid. And you, as a as a business, you've got to counter that. And like something you alluded to about people saying, well, I'm not on page one of Google yet. It's like page one of Google for what? Because going back to the bathroom installer, if you want to be page one for the phrase bathroom installer, you've got a hell of a lot of competition to get past that have been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. If you want to be page one for bathroom installer Shropshire, you've got a better chance. If you want to be page one for bathroom installer Shrewsbury, maybe a better chance again, although perhaps the other way around. Um, and what people don't realise is you might put all your eggs in one basket of getting into page one for bathroom installer Shrewsbury, and at no point have you asked how many people actually search that. So your result is, I'm page one for that now, and that's the thing I would search, so I'm really delighted that I'm page one. And it's like, yes, but that only gets 20 searches a month. So there's no value to mm -hmm. being page one there. What you should have done is looked at what gets the highest volume of search for the lowest competition. So it could be um, Marble Sideboard Shrewsbury or Backsplash Shrewsbury or uh, Refit My Bathroom Shrewsbury or, mm -hmm. or whatever it yeah. might be. And that's when you have to talk to someone like us, like looking at the keywords and coming up with a keyword plan for high volume, low and mid competition keywords that you can attack that will actually have people with intent coming towards you. Yeah, Oof. intent. Intent, that's massive. That, that, was a, that was a long one, Joel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like say, lockdown, yeah, people spending money hand over fist, nothing else to spend their money on, furlough, God, remember that. Um, but now, even, I mean, this, this was an eye-opener for us a couple of years ago, that even if what you're offering in the first instance is free, you still got to fucking sell it. Yeah. This is a case of, all oh, right, people are going to come to our website and they're just going to magically get this free thing. So I know you've still got to sell it. You've still got to use the right visuals. You've still got to be mindful of your language, the journey. Make sure um, any FAQs that people might have are answered before they get to the buying point. And so if you're offering something and it costs money, you've got to work even harder yeah. at it. It doesn't matter if it's a pound or a million pound. That's the bit that people don't realise. And you can't, unfortunately, you just can't get that across consistently and clearly enough in your social media. Social media, obviously, is, is fucking awesome. But if you are selling a discovery call, if you're selling a PDF, if you're selling fucking dental appointments, the best place to do that is through your website. Yeah. Um, but like we said, it's got to look the business and it's got to provide a tip-top user experience because people, people just can't be asked, And that's something that we struggle with, even now, to, un to appreciate how little people can be asked if something involves a bit of effort that could be enough to stop them from doing what you want them to do and genuinely if you're not willing to put that effort in on your website you would be better off having 
a white screen that just says, I'm not particularly techie. If you need to get in touch with me, please email. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah, because people would resonate with that. If you, you know, if you, particularly if you're a tradesperson or something like that, I'm not particularly techy. If you need your taps fixing, email this, and that would work really well compared to doing half a job of a website. And I think that's, you know, I don't suppose people expect marketing people to come on a podcast and say that, but that's that's the reality. Whereas, if if a plumber approached us and said, "What can I do to help grow my business with a better web presence?" Right. Okay. Well, we need to get some before and after pictures. We need mm-hmm. to look at get some testimonials of people who've been in dire straits when the pipes burst and blah 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 blah. We need to get some pictures of you looking clean and tidy and the van looking clean and tidy and the team looking clean and tidy and showcase the fact that you know your tools don't look like they're from the Victorian era and all this stuff. And yeah. they're like, "Oh, right, sound." Because I was just going to go on Wix and write bobsplumbing.com if your taps are loose, give us a buzz. It's like, well, okay. And especially if you're premium, if you're offering a premium service, all your marketing assets have to be premium. You know, if you sell a really top-end service, people come to your website and it looks like a pile of shit that you've had designed for 50 quid. The two don't marry. Mm. Um, it never ceases to amaze us how many sort of so-called like like high-ticket, high-net-worth individuals, business individuals there got a website and it just looks like something a seven-year-old has cobbled mm. together. You know, I'm not just talking about basic typos and grammatical mistakes, which, you know, on a website are quite bad, but just something that just looks cheap. And, I mean, so, sometimes that could be designed by a web designer. You know, it's got, to, it's got to look the business, and I can't think of any instance why a poor-looking website is going to do any good for any business, no matter how little or how much they charge. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I've, we've met a few businesses that have tried to ironically have a shit website and the, the news flashes, the customers don't get it. So it's like, you know, like, I, and I think like there's a, there's probably a space now where you could try and be retro with your website or have a bit of fun with it or make it like artificially clunky. But your audience has got to be, you know, if, you, if you're if you a band or something, I can see that working. But if, if like, a plumber's a great example, because most people look for a plumber when it's an emergency. You know, mm-hmm. the washing machine's leaking, there's a burst pipe, something's wrong. If you try and be quirky, you're just going to annoy people. And I think that that will go for a lot, a lot of businesses. You know, an accountant can't afford to try and be quirky. I don't think a solicitor can afford to mm-hmm. be quirky. The sort of businesses that shout out to me that could get away with it, maybe a florist could be to like showcase some of that mm. creativity, like a band, anything expressive, maybe. But the last thing you want is an expressive plumber. I don't want to loop the loop under my taps. It's like just fix it. So, what are what are some of your frustrations with with websites? What would you say? What's I mean? I suppose we talked about this a bit last time, but like, what's What's the biggest thing to look out for? If you're about to get your website done, what are the sort of pitfalls or traps that a lot of people fall into? Uh, not enough calls to action. So don't make it clear what you want the user to do. Okay. Uh, or too many varied calls to action. Right. So get your free guide here, scroll a bit more. Then it's like sign up to our email, scroll a bit more, book a discovery call, scroll a bit more. 
get 10% off, scroll a bit more. It's like, well, which one do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that a lot. And, you know, even experienced businesses fall into that trap. But that's because they think the more you offer, the, the, the more valuable you're perceived. Yeah. And, and normally, one instruction. Mm. It's like, what's the one thing you want people to do? And for a lot of businesses, it won't be get to book a call. Most people aren't willing to book a call yet. So just think about, you know, unless you're a plumber, where so if it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. like the intent's really high, but for most people, it, it'll be like, what? what? Bet even that's WhatsApp now. Yeah, or live chat or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, but I, I guess if you're a if you're a, a plumber on their own, you've you've still got to make a phone number available. I think. Yeah. But, yeah. But these sort of businesses that mistakenly believe that because someone's come to their website, they're ready to buy and therefore want a sales mm. conversation. And most people think that when once they've dialed a number, they're into the sales yeah. funnel. So actually. Let's say you sell a widget, and it's the sort of widget that people don't need but might want. What's the kind of lead magnet that you can get to keep people informed? So, like, what maybe after they've been on the website for a minute, what pops up and says? And it could be ten percent off your first purchase. It could be stay informed on the release of version two, whatever it might be. But how do you capture that person's information without feeling intrusive? And it's it's a real skill because. We, you and I have had a, nearly a one-hour discussion today about the fact that most lead magnets just make people afraid that they're going to get bombarded, and that isn't the emotion that you want to create. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you, again, you want that control. That's important. Someone say someone comes to your website and bounces off. That could be potential business you don't know anything about. But if you have captured their de- data, you are able to stay in touch with them. But, you know, you, you always have to be mindful that some people are, a lot of people, most people are worried about phone calls. My mum, when her car dealer was emailing her, and she was, oh, they're spamming me, they're spamming me, and I checked, and basically they were emailing my mum once a fortnight, but for her, that was too much. So there's all these different variables, and I guess that balancing act of making sure you're doing what you can to continually stay in front of someone. So your website, you know, is powerful, but it shouldn't be a one-hit wonder. When people come there, you want to do your best to ensure that you can stay in touch with them. Because yeah. for some businesses, it could be two visits, three visits. It could be the eighth time they're exposed to you. It could take a fucking year, depending on your price point. If you charge a lot, then I'm sure you would wait a year. If you're a plumber, no, you want people to give them money now. Yeah. But sometimes it isn't an instant process. Yeah, and I think that is, it shocks me how many websites we come across that have no tracking on them, like no Google Analytics, no Pixel. No cookies and and cookies and pixels are a little bit of a dirty word at the moment because the high and mighty mm. have decided that we should all have our privacy and yeah and no I think if I think if people have shown intent towards something I think following them with that product is actually good marketing. I'd rather have ads that are of vague interest to me than any old. Yeah, ones. yeah. I mean, like like Sky Ad Smart now, for example, displays ads to you based on your viewing behaviour. If you go back 30 years and watch the ads in the middle of the break of Coronation Street, let's say there's six adverts, five of them would be completely irrelevant to you. Mm-hmm. So which is better? But that's a philosophical argument for another day. But it's that whole, like, someone shouldn't be able to come to your website and then never hear from you again one way or another. I'm not saying it should feel spammy, but 
you should fit you should make them feel like you're an established brand you should make them feel like they can trust you and so if someone comes to our website they'll be followed by banner ads Mm -hmm. relevant to what they looked at um if someone listens to our podcast other things happen you know like we and i that's word trust again it's like you said at the beginning about assurance that's 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 what people want like you know the corny thing from our networking days meet like no trust people are quite reticent to give you money unless unless they trust you yeah um so looking cool experience social proof and that like i said that that consistency of effort what can i do to help and not not enough businesses ask that it, it baffles me all they're trying to do is is, is is sell their shit so, yeah you know, yeah what can i what can i do to help to show you that we know our stuff that we can help you yeah it's interesting isn't it that whole like being open to the idea of giving value to people and like that that's why plumbers and locksmiths do so well isn't it because it's like i need this and you you can offer me that help and as long as you make it clean you know, like a 24 hour locksmith for example it's like so simple does what it says on the tin where certainly service businesses they go on so much about the qualifications they've got and the experience they've got and me, me, me. like i mean what a fantastic location they've got and blah 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 and it's like okay but what would be the difference between me coming to you as an accountant <laughs> or going down the road to that accountant because right now i land on both your websites and I've no clue. Now, I completely appreciate there's compliance in that industry and there's things I can't say. Mm. But you say the things you can say. So if you're a small family-run firm that's been in the area for 200 years, make sure people bloody know about it. If you're a fast, young, dynamic firm that runs a networking club every Wednesday, make sure people know about it. So, There's like, points of difference. Yeah. Um, so if people want to know more about our philosophy on websites and websites that convert, what do they do? They should visit our website, uh, www.cobreak.co.uk. And if you do visit the website, I'll tell you the experience you have. You'll be able to see a done-for-you service on ads and marketing. You'll be able to see a web design and web build service. And after you've been on the website for a certain amount of time, a pop-up will appear asking you to take the next step. And if you just, even if you just want to go and see our website should be built and how the calls to action should be placed and things like that. Give it a look because I think it'll help. Awesome job. 